0: Hello,
1: everyone. Welcome back to the Gallagher Choss YouTube channel for the third away sale of the season. It was all smiles after the opening when Newcastle have reverted to their shambolic type with a shambolic performance against Brighton, which has left fans feeling rather anxious as we head into a tough run of games. Next up is Spurs, a team we've all seen a lot of recently, and a team that we've had relative joy against being a big team. Uh, Looking into this one, we're joined by Ricky from The Last Word on Spurs. Ricky, thanks for coming on.
2: Andy, my pleasure. How are you? Yes, wonderful, mate. How are you? Not bad, not bad at all. Anxious always way to play you guys. I'm never too sure
1: what kind of game we're going to expect. No, I think, I, well, that was going to be my first point, really. I think we're both sort of weird teams, aren't we? Really hard to call. Um, obviously, hard to gauge how anyone's doing only two games in, but Spurs are actually four games into the season. Uh, you've played a couple of Europa League qualifiers against teams who I'm not going to try and pronounce, but how would you, how would you assess your start to the season?
2: It's been OK, Andy. That's why I describe it as OK. Not fantastic, not brilliant. I just say OK, Andy. we're getting the job done, getting results on the board. Listen, massive disappointment, that opening game of the season against Everton. I mean, I'm sure Newcastle fans always are going to a new season with such hope, such optimism, and that disappeared in the space of 90 minutes. So, I mean, there's a lot of work to be done to this Tottenham team. We're fully aware of that. And it's one of those where, I think, for us, you know, now it's just about getting the results. And that's what Muno's trying to do. Um, he's bringing in, as you can see, some new faces around the camp. And he's really trying to change that, dressing room into winners. And he's making a good a good fist of that so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mourinho is obviously known as, well, recently he's known as a defensive manager, but I saw, I saw that you've scored 10 goals in the last three games. Is that a change of tact from Mourinho, or is it just the calibre of
2: opposition you've been playing against? I would suggest more it's to do with the opposition. I mean, these Europa League sides aren't going to offer too much. They are going to try and sit deep and frustrate the opposition. Having said that, you know, we have started finding the net. I mean, Southampton played a, a suicidal high line against us last week. I couldn't quite believe that even after the third fourth goal went in, they continue to persist playing such a high line. So I put Mm -hmm. it down to more of the opposition rather than Spurs' prowess in front of goal. But having said that, the likes of Min Son and Harry Kane have been in the most incredible and formidable form. And they just both can't stop scoring, which only bodes well for the rest of the squad. And of course, you're adding Gareth Bowe into that mix. And I think just for you guys, you're lucky to have missed him. Yeah,
1: I mean, I was going to get to that point about transfer business. So obviously, you've made. Both of our clubs have been quite active in the transfer window, both made good signings, and we are two clubs that traditionally don't have great transfer windows. Um, I'll get onto the sort of other transfers, but how good has it been to get Gareth Bale back in a Spurs shirt? Oh,
2: it's been incredible, Andy. I mean, it has been incredible. Listen, as long as he's as good as what he was the first time around, we've got a wonderful, special, special player on our hands. I mean, it's incredible to bring him home. It really, really is. And we've just got to try and get him fit now and get him ready. And providing we can get him back to the levels that we know Gareth Bale can be, we've got an absolutely wonderful footballer on our hands. And we have to hope and pray that he's in good condition. Of course, he's coming from a Madrid team that really... The way he was treated there wasn't quite ideal, Shocking. you'd have yeah. to say, in terms of the, the, the treatment of him, both from the fans and from the club. And I think he just wants to come back to a club that he's absolutely adored and loved. And Spurs, like I say, offer him that opportunity now to come and play, in arguably, my, my view, in the, one of the best stadiums in the world, one of the best training grounds. We're not where we want to be right now in terms of the European competition that we're in. But you know, for Gareth Bale, this is a great opportunity for him to come back play regular first team football under a top class manager and try and get this first team back in the Champions League where as fans we feel we belong.
1: Yeah, I think I think the bail thing, uh... I think a lot of people forget how amazing he was when he left Spurs. He was—I seem to remember him scoring a forty-yard screamer every single game, and he—he he was everything he touched turned to gold. And he was sort of this weird player where he went from being a sort of okay left back, and then he scored a hat trick against Inter Milan and made Mykon look like a farmer. And then overnight, he was just this incredible footballer. I, I guess this, the question now for most fans, Spurs fans included, is—is is he still? got that level of play in him. I mean, how old is he now? Do you think he's, do you think he can reach those levels?
2: Oh, we hope so, Andy. Listen, I think as a player, um, you, you can't ask any more about his ability. You know, he's, as a player, what is he? He's, you know, he's up there. I would still saying the top 10 players in the world. I think he's going to get back to being the top five players in the world. I generally yeah. think he is that good. I generally do believe that. And it's just about now trying to get him back fit getting back ready and in a position where he genuinely feels like he can become that player again. And I think at Madrid, you know, you you bear in mind, as I mentioned, what he had to go through there, the hardships, the whistling of the crowd,
0: our heroes as I am, go to hopeforthewarriors.org
2: I think to still see him come away with four Champions League 12 trophies, I think he's done phenomenal there, and we just hope he can provide the application at Tottenham
1: yeah, I, I agree, and I think just the last point on Bale. I think obviously he was signed and he was put on a pedestal as being on Ronaldo's level to be the potential long-term replacement for Ronaldo. And then obviously the way he's been treated after that, I, I completely don't blame his attitude for just saying, "Do you know what? Fuck a lot of you at Real Madrid," because we've seen that with loads of players who go to Spain. And um, so I, I, I hope he gets back to the levels he can be because I think that's only a good thing for English football. But hopefully this isn't going to be against Newcastle. Are you saying he's not going to be fit for this game? <laughs> No, he won't be, no. Oh, uh,
2: excellent. Keith and <laughs> are both missing, so you've, I've managed to avoid Spurs' big two summer signings so far, but um, what I would say is that Harry Kane and Min Son are just in the oh, most yeah. incredible form at the moment, so mm-hmm. those will be the two key men you need to watch out for, and of course the Celso pulling the strings in the middle of that midfield.
1: Yeah, just, just briefly on other transfers then, are you happy with the business you've done so far? I'll
2: be honest with you, Andy, it's more more Quite expected. And it sounds like Tottenham aren't stopping yet, which is great. I mean, if you would really push a Tottenham fan in terms of what we need right now, we still need another centre-back, definitely. I think we're looking at Milan Skriniar at the moment. I know there has been some interest as well in Ruben Diaz. I also think, you know, Tottenham, we desperately need a second striker. I mean, we've been saying this for God knows how long. We know there was Mm -hmm. interest in Callum Wilson. Newcastle got there first. They paid the money. Good luck to you guys. He's a decent player. Spurs need to bring in someone that's going to give Harry Kane genuine competition. And I just wonder, you know, Newcastle had that situation years ago when you had the wonderful Alan Shearer. But I still remember Newcastle still having some decent strikers around him. Oh, He always always had a great
1: second striker with him. Yeah, you need that.
2: I think Spurs need to get out of that notion where they can't provide an alternative to Harry Kane. They have to do that. So with that being the case... Spurs have to go out now and address that area. They should have done it two windows ago. We're now in a situation where they have to do it. They have to do it this window because you can't allow this squad to, in a way, you know, really lose out the opportunity now to really push on as a football club. So mm-hmm. they have to go and get that second striker and it has to be has to be this transfer window. It must be
1: yeah and I think um I think a lot of fans, not just Spurs fans, understand this because obviously you guys have been in the spotlight quite a lot um recently with this Amazon documentary. It would be remiss of me not to speak to you about it because it's not every day that you get a complete inside look at your club um i know that it's always different with each club, but what's the what's the sort of general reaction being to that documentary as Spurs fans is it painted your club in a good light or are you a bit unsure about it? <laughs>
2: Well, I've got to say, Andy, you know, for us, it was actually actually a pleasure to collaborate with Amazon on the documentary. And so it was yeah, cool. I thought I heard your yeah. voice in it, actually. Yeah. It was
1: you, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> it was me yeah. moaning away. That was me moaning away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure to have collaborated with them. And I've got to be honest and say that I thought the way the documentary was done was really top class. I think there was mm. a real concern from Spurs fans that we well, may be seen as a the banter club, you know, there no trophies. But having said that, it was a journey, you know, I mean, you would probably say they could have picked a different season in terms of where to cover Tottenham because of just how much drama there was, but to be fair, I think the drama made it brilliant for Amazon, you know, the changing of manager, Eric Dyer going into the crowd the way he done, Um, you've got players that have been brawling and infighting and, you know, there's generally a lot of stuff behind the scenes at Tottenham that you probably wouldn't know unless you have watched that documentary, Mm. so I think, you know, for a non-Spurs fan, I think it was a great look inside of what can happen to a football club on the on the brink of success. And that's what Tottenham were. If they won that Champions League final, then who knows what could have happened to Tottenham. But at the end of the day, we didn't win the Champions League final. We didn't push on as a football club. And that's the hard thing at the moment, I think, mentally to take that. We're still trying, if I'm being honest with you, Andy, we're still trying to recover from that. I think our players haven't really got over that, which is a real shame, because I do feel that, you know, if we would have won that Champions League, I think that would have put Tottenham in a real strength of, you know, position of power, and unfortunately, what happened to Tottenham was the complete opposite. We fell off a cliff, the manager got sacked, and we're in this period now of transition, which, to be fair, sounds crazy. When we were only in the Champions League final 18 months ago. So yeah, it sounds ridiculous to transition from that. It is, that. <laughs> it is. Yeah. we have got Jose Mourinho, I have to add. He is one of the best managers in the world. There is, of course, um, as always with Mourinho, definitely a, a split amongst the fans in terms of the style of football. And I think you can't argue with that. You know, as Spurs fans, we like to see football played in a certain way. Are we mm-hmm. seeing that right now? Probably not. But having said that, I mean, the results are kind of getting in through at the moment. I think if Spurs weren't getting the results, then would, there would be a lot more questions asked. So again, under pressure last weekend at Southampton at, you know, half time, it being 1-1. We needed to see a reaction second half. We then did go out and score another four goals. So as long as we keep on scoring goals, then I think that will quieten down the concern. Adding Ragulion. Adding Doherty. That's two new fullbacks for Tottenham and it will give us hopefully a chance to play some more expansive football with two really dominating attacking fullbacks and hopefully that will give Spurs the benefit now to really try and push on.
1: Yeah, I think everyone can see that the squad is getting that little bit better. He's plugged most of the gaps but obviously there's this glaring issue up front. One of the things Mourinho was constantly saying in the documentary was that Spurs needed to be less nice and obviously he used a bit of choice language when saying what he meant but do do you think that is the main issue with Spurs, is that you're just not winners? You are just sort of a, a, a nice bunch of lads playing good football, but you're not that next level of winners yet.
2: It's so true, Andy. Listen, if you talk to anybody around the club, everyone just says what a lovely group of guys they are. And it's, it's all very well been a lovely group of guys, but at the end of the day, you know, the game is about winning. And I'm sure Newcastle fans will that as well. You know, for what you guys have gone for as a football club, my heart goes out to all of your fans. You know, the loyalty to turn up every single week when you could turn up every week before COVID and support the team through difficult times with the ownership, with the board. You want to see your team win trophies. And it's all very well them being nice lads, but you do want yeah. to ultimately win. And that's how Spurs have to develop now very, very quickly. But I don't believe there's a better man to do it under than Jose Mourinho. I mean, if this guy, Andy, cannot do it, then I don't know where we turn.
1: No, I agree. I I can't see anyone. He's the perfect man for changing the attitude. Can you already see glimpses of that now or is there a long way to go?
2: I think there is an element you're seeing players be a bit more nastier. You are seeing that. I still think there's some way to go. I think it's still early days. I think, you know, to have lost at Everton or to have lost to Everton on the opening day was a bitter, bitter blow. But then, you know, if we wouldn't have lost that game, we may not have seen Spurs go into the transfer market just the way they have done. And I think they really are biting the bullet now because they want to achieve, you know, mm-hmm. some genuine success. And they're giving it a good go. There's still work to be done. But you can't argue Daniel Levy what he's done so far. To get Gareth Bale back, to get, you know, Sergio Ruggiulon through the door. You know, Matt Dines coming. Pierre-Omer Hoyberg's coming. Joe Hart's vocal, vocal leadership qualities are there to be seen. OK, he's not a top-class goalkeeper, don't get me wrong. I don't win him in my team every week. But we're bringing in the right characters mm-hmm. and we're bringing the right attitude to that dressing room.
1: Yeah, I agree, and, and I think Spurs are definitely a team to keep an eye out for. Um, moving on to Newcastle, you mentioned new signings and things there. And um, what have you made of Newcastle's start to the season in terms of the players they've brought in? Do you think we're going to be a, a sort of a, a more difficult challenge for you this time around?
2: Well, I think this has been one of your best windows, Andy. You know better than me. I think this has been one of your best windows for a while to bring in proven Premier League and international experienced players. I think it's been great for Newcastle. Where my heart goes out to you guys, and I think I said this to you the last time that I'm on is that to be so close to a change of ownership, a new hope, a new light, a new dawn, and then to have that ripped away from you the way it was, I think is absolutely heartbreaking. i have yeah,
1: just, just been getting over it until you brought it up again, but no, thanks no, for that. I'm sorry, no. but I mean, I
2: mean that from the bottom of my heart. I think for a club that I know, such loyal supporters and such wonderful, wonderful fans that give everything to a football club and love their team so much, um, I'm absolutely gutted that it hasn't worked out for Newcastle. I always have a spot, soft spot for the club just because of just the nature of the supporters. I mean, it's a club that for me, um, I always would love to see you do well after Tottenham. So um, I really hope for you guys, you know, there's a light at the end of that tunnel where hopefully down the line that ownership does get resolved and you do get the opportunity to push on. Because it's a wonderful football club. And for me, it's still a sleeping giant. And it's all there waiting for someone to come in yeah. and really inject funds and take that club to the next level where it should be.
1: No, that, uh, yeah, all, all of the people watching this will appreciate your comments there. Yeah, we that's the most frustrating thing for all of us is that we know, you know, we know that it's just the ball's there just to be tapped into an open goal. We just need someone yeah. to come in and take yeah. the reins and kick us on. And we've had so many opportunities recently where, you know, under Benitez, uh, where we could have kicked on with the new owners, we could have kicked on, and again, we're just sat in this rut now, um, but that's been talked about to death. I think in terms of this season, um, yes, we have made really good transfers, Wilson, Fraser, Lewis, You know, all proven players, which is something that actually is basically never done, um, and it's, it is probably our best window since we signed Wijnaldum and Mitrovic back in the day, although we did go down that season, so I don't know if that's a bad omen, um, Against when we play each other, um, we actually haven't had a draw since twenty eleven, so always a result, and we've actually won four out of the last ten, which I think is a decent record for Newcastle at a sort of bigger club. Um you've mentioned about who the sort of Spurs' danger men are. It's been obviously the Kane and Son show for the, the start of the season. But what what do you think Newcastle have to do to try and get a result at the London Stadium? Good question.
2: Good question. Yeah, good question. Um, I would say keep things as tight as possible. I think try and frustrate Tottenham. I think um, we, as the game goes on, we can't break you guys down. We do. We, we.
0: For the Millers, movie nights were once tradition. Now Sarah could hardly get through the opening credits. Not on that old couch. But one day while shopping on QVC.com, she learned Lazy Boy recliners had slimmed down a bit. And in just a few clicks, Sarah got her Lazy Boy chair and a popcorn maker and a soundbar by Bose. And with one quick trip to QVC.com, movie night and Sarah's back were saved. Shop QVC.com slash podcast and use code QVC20podcast for $20 off $40 for new customers. This is shopping brought to life
2: do seem to lack ideas. I think what's key for Newcastle mm-hmm. is to come at Tottenham with a fast start. I hope not giving too much away, but Spurs very rarely start fast at the moment under Jose Mourinho. So I think if Newcastle start fast, they've got every opportunity and you've got different, you've got different and decent players, you know, that can really cause problems for Tottenham. I think, you know, Maxim is such a decent player. I mean, I've always liked the look mm-hmm. of him. I know he's a flair, intelligent attacking player. Um, I know he can probably frustrate you guys at times as well, but he's got all the ability there in the world to really cause damage to Tottenham. And, you know, you have got decent players on the attack. Callum Wilson will add Newcastle, you know, goals to his team, definitely 100%. So I think Newcastle can be a genuine threat. I'm certainly not going into this game massively confident. And Newcastle have got the capability to score. And Spurs can't keep clean sheets. So I definitely think you're going to be scoring. It's just Mm -hmm. how many times we get in reply.
1: Yeah, at maximum we're not, I think he's going to be 50-50 whether he's fit, but if Bruce has records anything to go by, he'll probably just throw him in even if he's half fit because he knows he is our basically our only creative player. So yeah, I think what you're saying is right. I think it's going to be very easy to not predict the result, but to predict the way the game's going to go. It's going to be Spurs passing the ball side to side and us just kind of sitting there waiting for the ball back. And uh, similar to a lot of games with Newcastle, whether we manage to get something out of it is depends on whether we can hit you on the break and get that chance for Wilson to to put the ball in the back of the net. So I I think it's going to be difficult. I think confidence is probably going to be down, but it was a uh, the result against Brighton when we were completely just annihilated three and Hill. I think I think we we know we need a bounce back against Spurs, and I think you know Spurs is a good team to go to to try and get a result. Um, you know, you you are on, you aren't on that level of a Liverpool or a Man City yet, where it's just yeah, yeah. no hope whatsoever. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I personally think, and I'm getting onto sort of my prediction here. Your danger men are better than our danger men, <laughs> and I think we're we'll probably. You know, we, we both kind of struggle goal-wise uh, and I can see this very much being a case of the ball's either going to fall to Son or Kane or it's going to fall to Wilson and who's going to be the one who scores more goals and I think it is just going to be Spurs. So I, I can see you guys getting a couple of goals and I think we'll get one. Um, But I, I can only see this will going one way, unfortunately, unless Spurs just don't show up at all. and then Which is possible, up. Andy. Yeah, it is possible and I guess this is why it's really yeah. it's really hard to predict our teams. Yeah. Um, I think the way that... Tactical layout and things is pretty obvious, um, but I'm just going to sort of flip a coin and say, I think you guys will just get the rub of the green on the day, and I think you guys will win 2-1. Yeah, all your thoughts
2: no, are. I'd agree with you on that. I think it'll be a very yeah. nervy encounter for Spurs. I don't see it being a walk in the park at all. I'm going to go for 2-1 Tottenham. I don't. Like I say, see it being, you know, real swashbuckling, expansive, entertaining football. I see Definitely Spurs not. again under Jose Mourinho grinding out a result against a really tough, resilient Newcastle team. And I know, like I say, you know, you scored quite a number of goals during the week in the Carabao Cup game against Morecambe. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that will bring Newcastle some confidence. I know it's only the Carabao Cup. I know the opposition isn't a great level, but it's something like scoring goals, whoever you're yeah, playing. still a but, confidence builder, isn't it? Exactly, exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly precisely. So it won't be easy. I'm going to go for 2-1 Tottenham.
1: Yeah, I think we're both in agreement then. I, I hope that we're both wrong, but that's just the way I see it going. Um, but I think that's probably all, all we've got to say. I could talk to you about the documentary for ages, because it was amazing. Spurs are, as I know you said, you didn't want them to be the bandit club, but there's definitely a lot to talk about with Spurs, <laughs> even if they're that not enjoys. exactly a banner club. Yeah, it always is. I think both, drama follows yeah. both of our clubs, doesn't it? But I'll let so, you get away. Thanks very much for your prediction, and thanks once again no, for coming uh, on.
2: Oh, no worries at all, Andy. Listen, best of luck for the rest of the season, and I hope for you guys, like I say... At some point, you do get that change of ownership because your guys, your fans deserve it so much. So, um, all the love to the Jewelies. Best of luck for the season, just not for this one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, all the best, mate. Thanks very much.
2: Cheers, Andy. Thanks so much.
0: Does an orthopaedic condition or sports injury have you sidelined? Make your comeback with GW Hospital Sports Medicine. We offer services from neck to toe, including care for shoulders, hips, knees, ankles, and hands. Plus, we're the official health care partner of GW Athletics, the DC Furies, and the DC Revolution. Get back to doing the things you love. Learn more at gwhospital.com sportsmed or call 888-4-GW-DOCS. Physicians are not employees or agents of this hospital.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network